0: Good morning. Today is Friday, August the 26th. Hope that you, had, that you had a great week, and hope you have a great weekend, weekend in store. Uh, we wrapped up our study the other day on the call to evangelism. Hope that you enjoyed that. And all of those, uh, those studies are still on SoundCloud and on my blog. Um, of course, the blog is duanespearman.org. Uh, that will point to the blog. Um, and then also, of course, the Facebook uh, page, uh, you can access all, all of those messages. Uh, today we're going to start a study on the book of Galatians. On the book of Galatians. Um, the book was written uh, by the Apostle Paul around 57 AD on his third missionary journey while he was living in, in Ephesus. He had been there about two years. Understand the people in this area or this province were actually called Gauls. Galatia in and of itself was not a city, it was just a region uh, that was located between the Black and the Mediterranean Sea. It's today what we call Turkey. Uh, um, It was actually, it became a, a province of the Roman Empire around 189 BC. So here's a question. Have you ever wondered about the requirements for being a Christian? If you're like most Christians, you start out by responding to the simple message of the gospel. I mean, you you heard um, that your sins had separated you from God and that God sent his son Jesus to, to die on the cross and forgive you of your sin. And you knew in your heart at that time that the message was true. So you obeyed it and you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. But As things went on in your walk with the Lord, things got more complicated. Uh, You meet other Christians uh, who seem to know more about uh, this whole thing uh, than you do. And some of them will tell you or have told you that, you know what, if you were a Christian, uh, you'd better be in church every Sunday or at least once during the week. Uh, Others... uh, Will tell you or told you that real Christians wake up early in the morning, pray, read their Bibles for at least an hour. Some other folks might have told you that, you know, if you wanted to be a real Christian, you know, you have to vote Republican um, because, you know, I mean, you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian, can you? Um, others tell you you got to homeschool your children. I mean, you have to pull them out of the public school system, or maybe others might tell you you need to take herbs instead of pres- prescribed medications. You know, they tell you they tell you what real Christians do and and what real Christians don't. You know, and suddenly you realized that there are rules to follow with this Christian faith, regulations to adhere to, and rituals to practice. And you understood for the first time that the Christian message was far more involved than you were led to believe. It reminds me of a, um, of a little, um, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, a young man said, What must I forsake? Colored clothes for one thing. Get rid of everything in your wardrobe that is not white. Stop sleeping on a soft pillow. Sell your musical instruments and don't eat any more white bread. You cannot if you are sincere in obeying Christ. Take warm baths and shave your head. To shave is to lie against him who created us to attempt to improve on his work. Quaint, isn't it? This example of extra-biblical scruples. I say all of that to introduce the book because this book is a stern warning. It does not correct conduct as the Corinthian letters do, but instead it is a book of correction. There is not one word of commendation, there is not one word of praise, there is not one word of thanks anywhere in this little epistle, and an epistle is a letter This book is called The Declaration of Emancipation from Legalism. And I'm sure that you've heard the term legalism before. Martin Luther said of this little book, This is my epistle. I am wedded to it. As a matter of fact, Galatians 3.11 started the Reformation. The just shall live by faith. It is the strongest declaration and defense of the doctrine of justification by faith and faith alone in all of the Bible. This is the book that moved John Wesley, the famous founder of the Methodist Church. He came to America to convert to the American Indian, but he made a startling discovery when he began to actually read the Bible for himself, and he ended up saying, I came to America to convert the Indians but who is going to convert John Wesley? So this book deals with legalism legalism in the church. Legalism is adding to the gospel. you know um, the Bible says all you have to, to do is believe in the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not believe that and do this, is just believe that. And you know what? If you believe that, you will do this. And I think that's where it gets complicated. You know, I, I heard somebody say the other day on the radio, um, "You can you can give and not love, but you cannot love and not give. You see, as a Christian, we do things because we are a Christian, not to be a Christian. There's a big difference between the two. So let's go ahead and look at verses 1 and 2, and we'll begin our study. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Now, the writer, like we stated previously, is the Apostle Paul. The word apostle just means one who is sent out. And we know that Jesus sent out the original 12 guys, who were called apostles. It's interesting, as you read the scriptures, you see that this group is often referred to as the 12. About a dozen times, as a matter of fact, throughout the scriptures, they are simply referred to as the twelve. However, after Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, the twelve, for a momentary time, became the eleven. For example, um, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 16, in Matthew 28 verse number 16, then the eleven went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Uh, And then Mark 16, 14, we see it again uh, in Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 14. Later he appeared to the eleven, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart. So throughout the Bible they're referred to as the twelve, and then when Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord, they became the eleven. Now in the book of Revelation, it's interesting, we see that that the New Jerusalem will actually have 12 foundation stones. And these 12 stones will have the names of the 12 apostles. Um, in Revelation, let's look over there. Revelation uh, chapter number 21, verse number 14. Revelation twenty-one fourteen says, Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So, Which 12 names will be on these stones? I mean, obviously, is Judas Iscariot going to have his name on one of these stones? Or is it somebody else? Who, Whose name will be the 12th? Well, herein lies the controversy. And I like to get into a little controversy every once in a while. One of the first things to happen in the book of Acts, after Judas Iscariot fell, is that Peter stood up and quoted Psalm 109. Um, Let's look in Psalm 109. Um, Let's see. Well, let's look at what Peter said first. In Acts uh, chapter number 1 and verse number 20, this is where it happens. In Acts chapter number 1, verse number 20. um, For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling, well, let's back up so that we can get the context here. When Peter stood up and started talking, uh, in Acts one twelve, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called all, all of that which is near Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of the son of James. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. And he said, Men and brethren, the scripture has to be fulfilled. The scripture has to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and he obtained a part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity. Remember, he was paid in silver to betray the Lord. And then afterward, we get a glimpse of what happened to Judas. He purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder, open in the middle, and his entrails gushed out. Gushed out, that's disgusting. Uh, But what he's talking about there is is Judas hung himself. And it became known to all who were dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their their own language akeldama that is the field of blood and now he goes and he quotes from the book of psalms for it is written in the book of psalms let his dwelling place be desolate referring to Judas's office as an apostle and let no one live in it and let another take his place so peter is laying out from scripture in the old testament that yes judas fell But now we need to replace him with somebody else. Therefore, of these men, and now he lays out the requirements for the replacement for Judas. And he says, therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went out in and out among us. So they had to choose someone who was there when Jesus was there. Beginning in verse 22, from the baptism of John, which was the first day of Jesus' public ministry, to the last day when he was taken up from us. So three years this replacement needed to have been among them. And one of these must become a witness of his resurrection. And so he had to move in and out among them from the baptism of John to the ascension and seeing the resurrected Christ. And they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was named surnamed who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. So here we have the the qualifications for this replacement for Judas. He had to have been with them from the baptism of John to his ascension and seen him after he rose from the dead. And there's two, Joseph called Barsabas and another one uh, called Matthias. And they prayed and said, Yes, O Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you've chosen. And the lot fell to Matthias. So Matthias became the 12th apostle. And from that point forward, they were referred to as the twelve again. Now, a lot of people have trouble with, with Peter doing this, and they feel that he may have quote fleshed out and got ahead of God, as that God had already chosen Paul. However, we have absolutely no way of proving that at all, and I do not believe that to be the case.